Just a second. I, I got to find something. I'm looking for my sermon notes. Has anyone seen my sermon notes? They were in my Bible. Has anyone, did anyone see them? They're in my Bible. Okay, so my Bible is probably, I must have left it. Oh, my sermon notes are in my Bible, which are in my hand. Okay, that's good. Has that ever happened to anybody? I was just, I, that was, you can probably tell that I'm not a great actor, so I don't think, <laughs> I was going to go for it, but I don't think I fooled anybody. Um, but I want us to, to think about a couple quirks of being human, uh, and one of them that we're going to file away for a little bit is that often we forget the things that we're holding in our hands, right? So we're like, where's my keys? And we're walking around holding our keys in our hands, or where's my cell phone, you know, uh, while we're holding it. Uh, so, so that's one of the things that we do. We have a huge problem, and it turns out that we're actually holding the solution to it in our hands. Another uh, is that, now I really don't have the clicker, but that's okay. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm completely unreliable because I'm a lying pastor now. Oh, man. Okay. Another thing is, uh, that's, that's kind of a quirk about being human is that we like life to be easier, right? Generally, we, there's, there's some problems that we're looking for solutions for, so we're, it's amazing how inventive we are at uh, solutions to make life easier. Uh, there's a book that Stephanie and I love uh, call, uh, based on this uh, Japanese art form called Chindogu, uh, and Chindogu is the art form of Japanese unuseless inventions, unuseless inventions. For example, this is the cheese shredder. You see how on the top picture, when you try it, or not cheese, butter. You, on the top picture, you, your butter, when you, have you ever had that happen? You try to butter your toast and it ruins your toast and there's a big crater in your toast. So this is a butter shredder uh, that you can use to make sure that your toast is perfect. Here, this is, <laughs> eye drops are a problem for me. So this could help with that. And then this is another one. Because you don't want to burn your, burn your mouth on your noodles. These are unuseless, unuseless inventions. I, lo I love this, uh, this book. And then the, the whole art philosophy behind it uh, is kind of funny, too. Uh, the, I forget the name of the inventor of, of chindogu, but he made some rules. He said, uh, you're not allowed to use a chindogu, but it must be made. <laughs> you have to be able to hold it in your hand and think, I can actually imagine someone using this, almost. In order to be useless, it must first be. <laughs> that's, that's the art of chindogu. I think of things all the time that are going to make life easier, and Amazon doesn't help. And, or, and, and then it also doesn't even help even more when I end up ordering something online that's not from Amazon. Amazon's two days. I'm pretty used to that rhythm. 
I just ordered a pair of running shoes that's supposed to make my running easier. It's like they're super cushy. Uh, it's supposed to come Friday. Uh, so at first I had to, to find out, okay, put in the order, then I have to obsessively check my emails for the shipping confirmation. And, and then I find out it's gonna come Friday, but I'll probably check back again uh, later today to be like, is it, it's coming when? Is it in Louisville yet? You know, like, like where is it on its road to coming? Does anyone else do this or is it just me? Yeah, yeah, we do, we do this because we know we know that life could be better. And we have a hard time waiting for that, right? We know life could be better, and maybe we even have hope it's going to get better. And waiting for it can be kind of painful and frustrating, and we're not very good at it. We don't want to wait too long for our noodles to cool, right? We're waiting for life to get better, and, and those are kind of silly examples, but it's true in the big things, too. It's true in the big things, too. The ways that we do that in, in kind of ways that seem silly or stupid, we also live in a world that we know needs to get better. Is that true? We live in relationships that we know need to get better. And so... One of the things uh, that makes sense in what Jaron said is that it's not yet. I think we kind of get that instinctively, right? Like things are not yet the way that they should be. Uh, sometimes, uh, particularly this week, as I encounter uh, things that I want to be better and I don't want to wait for, I, I go back to the Psalms. The Psalms is our prayer book. Uh, it's actually the Holy Spirit inspired prayers and songs for us to sing. I like all the songs we sing here, but sometimes I love to get back into the Psalms and be like, what are the songs that God wants me to sing, that God inspired for scripture for all time for me to sing? What are the prayers that I should be praying when I'm not quite sure? And Psalm 13 is one of them. Psalm 13 is a great um, bad day prayer. So if you're having a bad day, uh, you can think it's the, maybe it's the Friday the 13th or, or the thir- uh, unlucky number. Unlucky number, Psalm 13, uh, is, is a good one to pray on a bad day. And I want us to read this together in the message translation and to pray it together. Uh, so, so I'll lead and we'll just uh, pray this aloud together. Long enough, God, you've ignored me long enough. I've looked at the back of your head long enough, long enough. I've carried this ton of trouble, lived with a stomach full of pain. Long enough, my arrogant enemies have looked down their noses on me. Take a good look at me, God. My God, I want to look life in the eye so no enemy can get the best of me or laugh when I fall on my face. A basic human experience runs through this divine story of Scripture that things aren't the way that they should be and that we're looking for intervention. We're looking for something to change 
and we want it to happen now, and, and now or not yet just never feels soon enough. Is that true in your life? I want us to just take a moment uh, to to think of circumstances or situations in our lives or in the world around us where this is the cry of our heart long enough. So I'm going to give us a a minute just of silent reflection um, to be thinking of those circumstances that we are just longing for God to change. And with that crystallized uh, in your mind, let's read again just to the word pain. Long enough, God. You've ignored me long enough. I've looked at the back of your head long enough. Long enough, I've carried this ton of trouble, lived with this stomach full of pain. Long enough. Oh, we were just going to stop at pain. Sorry. It's okay. It's good, though. We could read it all. We know that there's something wrong with the world. The psalmist knows that there's something wrong with his own experience. The ancient Israelites knew that there was something wrong when they were in exile, when it looked like the kingdom that God was supposed to be building looked destroyed. And it was because of the ways that they had rebelled and messed up. Uh, But they know there's a promise out there, and they're saying long enough. The good news is that the kingdom of God is coming. There's good news in the fact that the kingdom of God is not yet, as Lynette said. Because we know if this is it, that's a bummer, (laughs) right? (laughs) If this is it, I don't know if I have the hope uh, to have any joy or peace or or how, how I'm going to live in a world if, if it's just going to be like this over and over again. If the oppression, the sin, the broken relationships are just going to keep going. The good news is that the kingdom of God is coming. This is crystallized in the hope of the second coming of Jesus. So when that's talking about how we're looking up in the air, because that's where Jesus ascended, uh, and that Jesus is going to, Descend is the hope. So we'll, we'll pick it up in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. The Apostle Paul wants to be really clear because the Christians, uh, the, the first people who are following Jesus, were thinking, oh, this has been long enough, right? Jesus is going, he's going to come back. Something that's going to happen now, right? It's going to happen now. Uh, and they're waiting, and people are starting to die. And they're like, what about these people dying? They were supposed to be part of when Jesus comes back. What's going on? And so Paul's trying to clear up, hey, their death is not the end of the story. It may be longer than you hoped, but it's going to happen. And here's what he said is going to happen. 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. It is going to happen. God, Jesus is going to return, and the kingdom of heaven is going to, the kingdom of God is going to be fully realized. There's some things in this text that, uh, that I think sometimes cause confusion. A lot of times we, we tend to think about the second coming of Jesus. Uh, we can become uh, obsessed with understanding every detail of it. Uh, we have, uh, as humans, the desire to control through knowledge, right? If I know enough about it, uh, then I'll feel a little bit more in control of it. That's probably the, the same thing about checking my, uh, my tracking, my shipping tracking over and over again, right? When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? What truck's it going to be on? What cities is it going to come through, right? Like, that's going to give me comfort. Uh, Sometimes we overdo that with what the Bible is saying about the second coming of Christ, and then sometimes we just misunderstand it. In this one, uh, sometimes we misunderstand because we think uh, that what we're being saved to is uh, non-physical existence, like on on clouds with harps or something, but not physical harps. Um, But when in reality, the the biblical promise is that Jesus is going to come back return and set a new heaven, set up a new heavens and a new earth, uh, that he's going to restore everything that's broken. And one of the, the keys that the first readers of this would hear that we don't hear is that when a king would come uh, in after a victory in battle and would come back to the hometown, right? So you, you go out with your army, you're a king, and you win, uh, it's great. We're, we've secured peace. And then you come back to your hometown. Everybody in your hometown, as soon as they see that you're coming, they come out to greet you. They come out and then they march back into your hometown with you. So that's the image that we're getting here. It's not that we go up to be in the clouds with Jesus forever and that we stay living in the clouds forever. It's that Jesus is coming back to renew heavens and earth for all time. And we come up because we can't wait to be with him, and then we come back in with him and reign and set up uh, in the new heavens and new earth. But that's, if you, if you argue with me, that's okay. We, we, we don't have to track our packages that much. But the hope is that it is going to happen, that what we long for is going to happen, and that should encourage us. It should encourage us to know that we're not going to have to wait forever for our relationships to be restored, for oppression to cease, for every tear uh, to be wiped, um, for our divisions and, and the pain, uh, that it is going to stop. And, and we can still cry out very biblically and say, ah, it's been long enough. Let's see it faster. We want that. It's really good news that the kingdom is not yet, that the kingdom is coming. On the other hand, Jesus comes and says something surprising. 
On the other hand, we can be people who are so focused on what is not yet, who are so focused on the ways that the world is broken that we don't remember what we hold in our hand, right? Does that make sense? We can be missing out on the reality that the kingdom is here. Jesus comes in the first gospel that he preaches, one of the first things that he he says and preaches goes from town and town to say, uh, oops, we'll go here. One of the first things that he comes to say is, is this is from the King James Version. We're going to go through some different translations. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Have you ever heard that? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it sounds kind of like, uh, I know it was in the movie Clue, that there's like this preacher. I don't know if anyone saw that. Uh, that you kind of think of like the preacher who's saying, like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like, like the rapture's going to come, and God's going to, and all this stuff's going to happen, and it's going to be crazy. Uh, but then uh, our translations sometimes disagree The NIV says that at that time, Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then what uh, a couple other ones, Phillips and the message, say, the kingdom of heaven has arrived, or God's kingdom is here. So what Jesus is saying, uh, the the literal is kind of the Greek at hand, uh, but what Jesus is saying is, is not so much that it is coming or that it's near, but Jesus is saying it's already here. Jesus is saying, uh, which, which would seem totally counterintuitive to Jesus' followers, right? Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is here right now. And, and the followers, his followers would probably say, what the Romans, the kingdom of God can't be here because of the Romans, some of us might say, well, the, yeah, the, the kingdom of God can't be here, you know, because Trump or because Pelosi or something, right? The kingdom of God can't be here because the powers aren't the way that I think they should be, because there's still injustice, because so much is wrong. And Jesus steps in and he says, no, no, you, you're holding it, right? It's right here. It's in me, the kingdom of God. It's already here. Jesus is saying he's fulfilling this ancient prophecy from Isaiah 35. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The things that aren't the way they're supposed to be will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They'll see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you.
Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like deer and the mute will shout for joy. Water will gush forth from the wilderness and streams in the desert. The eyes of the blind will be opened. Did we see that happen? Over and over again, Jesus is enacting the kingdom is here. Opening the eyes of the blind. Unstopping the ears of the deaf. Just telling lame people over and over again, get up. Get up, and they get up and walk and leap. Waters will gush forth in the desert streams. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is here. And even when he goes up to heaven and we're looking up here, he says, I'll be with you always. The fact that Jesus ascended doesn't mean that the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit isn't here, ready for us to live in the kingdom, to experience the joy, to be people that are characterized by, what does it say? Shouts of joy. It goes on to say, oh yeah, back here. In Isaiah 35, a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about it. I'm going to stop there. It'll be the way. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sighing and fleeing. Sorrow and sighing will flee away, is what it says at the end. The way uh, happens to be one of the first names that followers of Jesus called themselves. And I don't think it happens to be. I think it's, it's directly related to this passage. That the kingdom of God has come. That God said there would be a way with people who are on the highway living in the kingdom of God. And they said, that's us. Jesus has given us new life. We are the way. We are the way of the kingdom that's here, that's working, that's mending up our pains, that's making our eyes open, that's opening our ears, that we're seeing healing, we're seeing forgiveness, we're seeing restored relationships, we're seeing justice flow. We might not see it everywhere, but we're seeing it on the way. We're seeing it among us in the way. It is not all not yet. We are called to the here and now gospel of the kingdom. We're called to not just look up to the clouds, but to realize what's in our hands. To realize the kingdom of God is at hand. We've been holding it all the time. And that we enter it in dependence on God. Jesus was telling the teachers of the law, people who were fervently looking, man, when's the kingdom of God going to come? When's it going to come? We're going to make it come by obeying, by doing everything right. And, and Jesus told them, no, 
The tax collectors and the sinners, they're, they're already in. They're in it before you. You're looking so far ahead that you can't even do what somebody who wasn't even trying before but saw me and said, yeah, let's do it. Right? They're already entering it, and we can be entering it. We don't have to be gloomy. We, ha- we must be living in the already of the kingdom. One of the oddities of being human, one of the oddities of following Christ is often we think our biggest problem is that Jesus hasn't returned yet. But it's entirely probable, maybe even likely, that our biggest problem is that we fail to realize and live in the way that recognizes that Jesus is here with us, that Jesus is among us that we walk in his power and in his kingdom. Where are you tempted to keep checking back and waiting for life to get easier? Where, where am I tempted to keep checking back and waiting for life to get easier? Where might we become so focused? Where might you, where might I become so focused on the problems, the not yet, that we're blind to the answer of the kingdom that's already at hand. I want us, as we pray, as we take communion, uh, to keep some of those things crystallized in our minds, the things that we crawled, cried out, long enough, God, long enough. I want you to do something about this now. I want us to keep an open heart to where God might be calling us to realize how we can walk in the kingdom way, with kingdom authority, with the presence of God in us, even in the midst of that, right? Like, how is it true that the kingdom of God is still present with me, that I can still have joy and gladness uh, in this situation that, that still is in the not yet, that's still not done? As I pray and as we uh, receive the Lord's table together, uh, I pray that we can receive the elements uh, and be understanding that, that it's the body and blood of Christ that unite us, that remind us that Jesus is with us. And what does it look like to carry that kingdom life of Jesus? into the world in a way that the kingdom of God is already here. Let's pray. God, we we understand that we have uh, have problems. We understand that we need you to fix things. God, would you convince us that you are coming? (laughs) That you are coming, that you won't leave the world the way it is, that you won't leave our hearts hardened in the ways that they are. That you are coming. God, would you uh, convince us as well that you're already here? Jesus, would you show us this morning as we receive uh, 
your body and your blood through the Lord's table, that you would show us, remind us the ways that you're already here, that you're working, that your kingdom is operating. Would you open us to walking deeper in the way, in a way that can uh, just radiate with gladness, with peace, with joy, with hope, and with love, no matter what the circumstances around us. Would you make us people of the way uh, that is so compelling that it serves as a witness? Uh, this, is the, this is clearly the way. These are clearly the people that are experiencing the goodness of God. Renew us as we come to you. Not because we're perfect. Not because we're already there. But because we believe that you can do amazing things. If we just uh, willingly submit and surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.